me in a prayer once we before we jump into it here. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for just being able to be here this morning. We thank you, Father, because you are good. You're good to us. And like we sang in this song this morning, you are always working, Father. You're always uh, uh, trying to draw us deeper into you and who you are, Heavenly Father, and trying to show us who we are, Lord. So I just pray that uh, the word that you prepared in my heart this morning, I pray that it, it might help somebody. It might penetrate the hearts and minds of those that are here, Father. I pray that your word might do uh, what it's called to do, Father. And I pray uh, that uh, there might be freedom in it, Lord, in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, um, where do we get our identity? Probably our, the first thing as we grow up, um, our identity will come from our family. Now, depending on where you grew up, uh, that might not always be a positive. You might have been affirmed as a child, or you could have been in a part of a, an abusive home. Uh, uh, maybe alcoholism, all these things can happen in, in uh, our family, right? It, nothing is perfect. And, you know, for myself especially, I, I grew up in, in a bit of a dysfunctional family uh, as I grew up. Um, as I grew, I was able to work past that, but that was only through Christ. And maybe one other thing... Uh, that might, uh, which I, I think is a big one, is uh, school. As a child, when you go away from the home, sometimes school is not always a positive experience either. There might be people there that might say certain things. Teachers might say you could never achieve that because you are just not that way, or anything could happen right throughout school. Or maybe school was great for you. Maybe it affirmed uh, because you grew up in a certain way. Maybe it affirmed a lot of things in you. But I believe uh, a lot of times there's a lot of negative that comes with it as well. And the other one would be maybe our work. Uh, I can just remember as I uh, started where I'm working now at Green Prairie, um, you know, there was a lot of things that God had to work on me uh, to be able to expand my mind uh, so that he could bring me to a, a different level of thinking. Throughout my time there, I, you know, I worked hard and so on, and I was able to move into, you know, you move up into a foreman position, supervisor, and so forth and so on. And through that process, I can tell you, God did not have the easiest times with me. He had to stretch my mind, my imagination, that I could actually achieve this particular thing. Because of where I grew up, that was not something that... Uh, my family or the people I knew kind of achieved, uh, you know, they didn't strive for that, uh, you know, to be a leader or any of those type of things. And so there's many things that I had to get over in my life. Or maybe there in, in your work as, as we get into leadership, and the one temptation that is always there is, you know, when you've become something, uh, maybe pride enters into you. Maybe there's something that, hey, I did this, whatever. And there was always, there was always this, uh, uh, in Proverbs 16, verse 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's always something that, uh, as I walked through my and leadership and so on, always kept me in check, knowing that it wasn't from me that I achieved any of those things. It was God that always continued to elevate me uh, when he wanted to bring me into a new place. So we... One other thing that I've, I've constantly noticed is uh, maybe we're uh, sometimes, and I've had these forces, they, they kind of push at you. Uh, maybe your identity is in what you drive. 
Maybe it's on what you don't drive. Or maybe it's in where you live. Or maybe it's in where you don't live. All these things, all these pressures come from all around us, telling us who we are, telling us uh, what we are, without ever saying a word. It says in 1 John 2, verse 16, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eye, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So that is not the Father. That's not His way of saying who we are. That is not His way to evaluate what we drive, what, where we live, what we do. None of those things... Uh, is God evaluating us on how, who we are. None of those things. So, and, uh, you know, one of, the th- one of the bigger areas I think I've seen uh, lately that um, is the world has become a place where people are running on feelings. My identity is because I feel this way, now my de- identity is this. I don't know if many of you know, if you run on your feelings, if your feelings are your identity, man, you are in for a ride of your life. And trust me, we all get deceived into these things once in a while, right? We feel this way, and is it true? No, it's not true, but we, we get lulled along and thinking that that is actually what it is, but it is not. And, uh, you know, as we get into the Word of God, we, we start discerning these things quicker, uh, sooner than, uh, than you think, because... the. How many of you know there's the evil one? He's all around us. There's the spiritual forces. We're not fighting just against the flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual forces that always are trying to deceive us, trying to bring us into a place where we don't know who we are. In Genesis uh, 1 verse 27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In his image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in the beginning, God had a plan, and we were created in his image. We already had our identity. Uh, you know, Adam was able to name all the animals in the Garden of Eden. He, was, he knew who he was. But then, well, as many of you know, that didn't last too long until, uh, you know, uh, the fall. And then our, that image of God that was in us uh, was darkened for a period of time. So, but there's hope, of course. Uh, God came uh, on the cross so that we could once again be that image of God that we were supposed to be, that was our destiny, right? So, what is, uh, what is our identity in Christ? Uh, in First uh, John, verse 12, it says, But all who believe him accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. So we are now able to become children of God. But it's a choice. We have a choice to walk with the Father. We have a choice to change our old identity in uh, for a new one. I especially like it uh, in 2 Corinthians 5 or 17 in the Amplified. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him, by faith in him as Savior, he is a new, cre- new creature, reborn and renewed by this Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. Isn't that awesome? 
God uh, came. And he didn't just come, you know, to do that and then we were left on our own again. But he came and the power of the Holy Spirit came and we were able to receive him. And it wasn't just our power, our strength that, is, uh, that we're needing to fulfill this, this thing. God actually gives us the power. He gives us the strength to be able to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Rick Warren uh, uh, says, it is only God that we, it's only in God that we discover our origin, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and our destiny. Every other path leads to a dead end. Every single other path leads to a dead end. A great example, I I think, is uh, Paul, uh, as he, um, you know, I'll just kinda, I just kind of had some notes, um, just a brief summary of his life. Paul, originally named Saul, devoted uh, Pharisee, persecuted Christians, experienced transformation encountered with the resurrection Jesus on the road to Damascus, converted to Christianity and became a follower of Jesus Christ, undertook several mission journeys and spread the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles, wrote a number of epistles, letters to the Christian communities providing guidance and encouragement, endured persecution, imprisonment, and hardship for his faith and ministry, demonstrated humility, relying on God's grace to serving others, prayed fervently for believers and expressed gratitude for God and their faith, fearlessly preached the gospel uh, despite facing uh, opposition and danger, played a significant role in the early Christian church, impacting the spread of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire, ultimately martyred for his faith in Rome. Does that sound like a man that was confused about his identity? No. He was, he was willing to pay the ultimate price for his identity because he truly seen who he was in God. And after that day when he encountered uh, Jesus on the road, he never looked back. I never see a time when he wanted to turn back to his old life. Once he knew who he was, uh, he paid, uh, he ultimately paid for his, with his life. And, uh, you know, I, I won't sugarcoat it. You know, as, as Christians, not everything is always going to be fine, right? We sometimes will encounter dangers. We will encounter trouble. We will encounter people speaking against us that, you know, spreading lies about us. Not everything is going to work out always for, for, for in this world for our good, but ultimately it will work out for our good through Christ. So how do we build our identity in him? So by understanding more about God, we understand who we are because we are created in his image. So because we are created in his image, we need to find out more about the image, which is God which is our Father, which is Jesus that came in the flesh. So f- to find our true identity, uh, it's not going to be... Uh, my point is, it's not from where we grew up. It's not what other people say about you. It's not about, uh, you know, what you even think about yourself. But it is about what the Word of God says you are. So we often hear... Um, you know, the, the one thing I just want to mention, too, the, so often we, we hear, you know, people wanting to find themselves. 
And uh, the way they want to find themselves, they want to go out somewhere and they want to stay in the woods or whatever. They want to find themselves. But the reality is you cannot find yourself unless you find Christ. You, by you focusing on yourself and your own stuff, trust me, it will never lead you to the answer that you're seeking. It will lead you to deception uh, ultimately in your life. It is only through Christ that we find out who we are. And it is only by his voice. Uh, and, you know, that I found out, out as I started working because I had to pray because there was a lot of things that I could not overcome myself. It was, it was only his power, his strength, that I was able to move through some of the challenges that came at me. And it wasn't easy. I still had to do the physical part of it. God was there. He gave me insight. He gave me wisdom. He gave me understanding to be able to walk through it. But I still had to be the one walking through it. So in Romans 8 verse 37 it says, You in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So... I think uh, the one thing that I, I've had to come over, uh, you know, as I, as I grew as well, was um, I think this constant thing that we are nothing but sinners is a statement that I, I kind of wanted to talk about too. The thing is, this, I think, is the, the biggest... We are no longer sinners when we have come into Him. We are now uh, righteous before Him. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus, and Jesus was sinless. Does that mean that we're completely without fault? No, we continue to come before him and, and ask and cry out and say, Hey, Lord, I messed up here. I did this. But the way God sees us is, is sinless. The way God sees us is righteous. And that is, I think sometimes, uh, you know, people... They confess, we are nothing more than sinners. We are nothing but a low worm. Well, what does that all say? That is, again, speaking to our identity. And the one thing we have to watch is even in, in Christian circles, sometimes the things that we say is actually bringing our identity back to ourselves again. It's not about what Christ did. Is it something that I did in my strength? No, it's, it's what God did, right? So Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So God is the one that blesses us with all spiritual gifts, all, all that we stand in need of. Ephesians 4 verse 13 says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, in Second Peter, sorry, I love... I just love scripture, so sometimes I throw maybe too much in there. But I, I just think, hey, if it, uh, that, if it tells the truth, uh, we should hear it. In Second Peter uh, 1, verse 3 to 7, it says, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that... Through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption of this world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort 
to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Isn't that awesome? God supplied all things, but as you've probably noticed uh, through that whole thing, there is some disciplines that have to be implemented in order for us to also walk in him. It's not like we can just uh, run around doing nothing. We know that if we don't have the discipline of the road, we don't have the discipline of keeping our eye on the road, we, we might just get, veer off the road and, and cause some serious harm. So we need to keep our eye on him and where we're going. We need to watch where he is leading and guiding. We need to have the discipline of coming to a place where we're actually seeing him, we're actually hearing from him and having him guide us and lead us in all things. And I think uh, one of the, the ways that I, I just want to talk a little bit about today as well was um, I think it's such a critical thing that, um, you know, we as believers, um, sometimes we see more clearly the identity of the other person than sometimes them, they see themselves. I know in my life, throughout my life, I've had people, mentors, that have kind of spoken things into my life that I, to be quite frank honest with you, I did not see in myself. I did, I did not see I could do those things, but there was people that came alongside me and said, hey, I see this in you. I see, man, I, I think God is really working in this area. And I was like, really? Oh, man, I have no clue, right? I, I don't see it. But I think more often uh, than not, that is the case. Uh, you know, as, especially as we, we become a new believer, we don't know. And we need people around us to encourage each other. So my challenge to you is we need to be encouraging towards other people. We need to call out the giftings that we see in others. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up as just as you ha- are doing. And again, in Ephesians 4.29, uh, in today's Passion Translation says, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let, the words become, uh, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourages others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. So sometimes we just need to, if we don't have a good thing to say, maybe zip it and maybe focus on a few of the good things that you can say. Because I can tell you, sometimes I think you can, you, you're going to be able to do, be more effective by telling somebody a few of the good things that you see in them. And I, can, I, can, I almost bet you, you're going to see more good things as you, as you continue to do that. Is it, and rather than if you discourage them and said, hey, you were wrong here, you were wrong there, you were wrong there. Uh, you know, people most of the time know that they messed up and they don't need to be reminded. You need, they need to be encouraged and walk beside them and call out the good things in them. Call out the things that you see in them that God is working in them. In Hebrews 3, verse 13, it says, sorry, this is another one, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitful, deceitfulness. Isn't that so true? Deceitfulness of sin. Sometimes when people want to remind us of the things that we've done wrong, sometimes those things harden us more than if we just encourage somebody, speak a good word to them, say, hey, man, I really see you're awesome at this, at encouraging others, or whatever the case might be, right? 
in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, 33, in the Amplified, it says, but first, most and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his ways of doing and being right, and the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. So as we walk, as we seek after him, everything starts getting added to our lives. We sometimes don't, I always like to say, uh, if we are about God's business, God is about our business. God sometimes works out the little things that we think that we're going to miss if we seek his kingdom. Sometimes God works out the blessings in our life uh, when we just focus and, and uh, focus on him and walk after him. Paul, in Philippians 3, verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, but like I said before, it is not uh, by our own strength and by our own power, but it is by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do all these things. And our dependence needs to be continually to him. Man, have I... Like, I was, I forget the book what it's called now, but uh, um, this is a Korean pastor uh, out of Korea. He was just talking about how he had to learn to see the Holy Spirit as a person that lives within him. He says, and he was talking about how on a daily basis, as he got up in the morning, he would actually talk to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, good morning. How are you today? And I think... That, man, that was, when I, when I heard that, I, I thought, isn't that right? Like, we need to be in such close fellowship with the Holy Spirit that is in us, speaking to us. This, the Holy Spirit says, it searches the heart and mind of God. The Holy Spirit that's within you knows the mind and heart of God. When you need revelation, when you need understanding, when you need a word, he, the Holy Spirit is within you. He can, you can no, not get any closer to him than what the Holy Spirit is to you. He's in you. We need to learn to cultivate a relationship with him as if that person, and he is that a person, is the person of the Holy Spirit, lives in us. But we need to learn to recognize his voice. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. As the Spirit of God lives in us, He continues to bring us to one level closer to the Holy Spirit or to God, the image of God. So as we continue to be, as we are in Him, He continues to change us. It is not up to us. He is working when we like we sang this morning, he's always working. So sometimes we're like, hey, what's happening? You know, I'm faithful in this and all this stuff. But what is God doing? He's always working. He's always working in us. And I think we need to have, um, we need to have an expectant heart towards that, though. I think there is uh, something in that. Um, just want to back up a little bit. I missed a quote here, uh, which I, I think is very... Uh, Andrew Murray... So being filled with the Spirit is simply this, having my whole nature yielded to His power. When the whole soul is yielded to the Holy Spirit, God Himself fills it. 
we are filled as we yield to him. And again, Andrew Murray says, God has a plan for his church upon the earth. But alas, we too often make our plan and we think that we know what ought to be done. We ask God first to bless our feeble efforts instead of absolutely refusing to go unless God goes before us. Isn't that so incredibly true? Man, how I can just count every single day when I, I am, I'm needing him, but then I come with my own plans. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this and do this. God bless what I'm about to do. Really? He's probably like, wow, you really missed it there. Like, wow, like, like, sure, okay. You know, that, that is about a quarter, not even a quarter of what, what, what I wanted to do in your life, but go ahead, let's go, go for it. Isn't it true how sometimes our limiting factor, our limiting understanding, I think, holds back the blessing of God in our lives? Our limitations that we have on who we say who God is, right? God is good. God is for us. But the thing is, God is not just for our prosperity. God is not just for that we have a good life with no bad things happening in our lives. You know what God is more concerned about? It's that we become the light in this world. That we become the shining light on a hill. That we guide those in that are outside, that don't know, that are in the darkness, that are praying in for some light. We are to be that light. Billy Graham says, Submission involves getting rid of everything which hinders God's control over our lives. Everything. So what are the things that are controlling, that are controlling your life that you need to get rid of? I, I can tell you where to go. Go to God. He'll tell you pretty quickly the things but the problem is, we sometimes don't want to ask, right? Because if we don't ask, maybe he won't say. Maybe we can go, keep on going on, right? Hey, these are not sometimes not big things. These might just be little attitudes that we have. Little things that we do every day that are maybe don't show him in us. He wants us to give them up. And trust me, these things, they're nothing, right? In the grand scheme of things. And I think sometimes we get caught up in this world, right? We get caught up in what's happening here. We get caught up in the 80 years that we're going to be here, or 90, 100, 200, right? (laughs) So we, you know, God wants to give us a long life, right? But the thing is, we should not get caught up in in this short time here. We're, We're coming towards eternity, and there is people out there that will spend eternity without him. There's people, appointments that God is setting up on a consistent basis in our lives that he wants to reveal himself to them through us. So we need to be faithful. So just to reiterate as we finish up here, we are not where we come from. So we are not where we come from. And I bet you, if you come before God, there's many, many identity images that are in your mind, in your heart, that are not where God is leading you. It is not what God says in Scripture to you. 
we are not what other people say we are. We are who God says we are. We have a new identity in him. So I would encourage you, you know, you, you spent a short time up here this morning talking about this identity thing, about who we are and what brings focus to our lives. But I would encourage you, look into God's word. Because he says, my promises are yes and amen in the word of God. Search the word, get into the word of God and make it your own. God is speaking to us every single day. Sometimes it's the word the scriptures that are right before us, but he wants to speak to us. So we need to get into it ourselves and uh, see what God has to say. So, okay. Um, since there's nobody coming up here with music uh, this morning, so I'll just uh, kind of maybe get into some prayer here. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, today. Um, join me in a prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you. Lord, you are, you are so good to us. Your mercy and your grace are new each and every day. Heavenly Father, we need to know who we are in you, Lord God. So I just pray for every single person that's here today or even those that are listening online, Heavenly Father, I pray that you draw them deeper into yourselves. I pray that there might be a hunger that starts forming in themselves to know who they truly are, that want, they crave it, they don't they don't they can't go to bed unless they know who they are in Christ so I just pray father that that hunger might just increase in our lives Lord that we might seek you like we've never seeked you before Lord that we would not accept anybody else's uh, word for us but that we would search it out for ourselves in you Lord and in and let you tell us who we are and who you've made us to be Heavenly Father so we just thank you, Lord, for just being with us here this morning. Praise be to you, Lord God. May you be honored. May you be glorified in all things, Father. So I just pray as we continue to pray uh, and you keep your eyes closed and, and so forth, I just want to maybe reach out to that person that is here today or maybe the one that jo is joining us online and maybe uh, you're, hey, I, I don't know who God is. I haven't actually made that profession uh, to follow him. So I would just like to ask you to join me in a prayer right now. Just repeat after me. God, please forgive me for all that I've done wrong. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to set me free. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my... Uh, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. From now on, I am following you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can have the power to change for the rest of my life.